0: I am Grant Gustin, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. podcast dedicated to cw's the flash starring grant gustin as barry allen slash the flash i'm one of your hosts lauren galloway and with me are my fellow flash podcast hosts amy marie and andy b hey guys hey
1: sup
2: how are you guys doing i'm still not over last week's episode I have spent all week coming up with time travel theories and trying to decide if that future that Barry left still exists, and if somehow, like, magic on Once Upon a Time, all time travel requires a cost, you know, if if one person (laughs) dies in a time stream, does that person have to die again, does the universe require balance, so um i was really excited to to actually get to this episode and i i enjoyed it very much
1: i need to marry dante ramon or cisco ramon they're oh my god they're amazing even though dante was a little bit of a of an ass you know (laughs) like look at him he's (laughs) those eyes and those lips okay yeah i i really love this episode
0: I thought it was really cool that we got to see more of Cisco's family and more of Cisco's life. I like how when you have when you have a show that has an ensemble cast that you get to take episodes and you get to look into their lives a little bit more. Like we've seen a couple of Caitlin episodes, we've gotten a Dr. Wells episode. Hopefully we'll get some more Iris and Joe episodes later on in the season but i thought it was really touching to meet cisco's family especially since what happened last week
2: exactly that was what was so ironic about it is that last week he he died and we didn't have any idea of where spoiler alert <laughs> I,
1: you am pull, i doing that right yeah. you pull you pull this you pull the steven amell like you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so, you know, Cisco died last week and we didn't get a chance to see his family, but we knew he had issues with his family. And this week we got a chance to see his family. And I thought that was, ex- I thought it was great parallelism. that They added in the writers know what they're doing. They sit down each, each week and go, okay, so how can we tear at their heartstrings this week, change time and then tear at their heartstrings again?
0: Yeah, can we give them a slow, slow clap because that was oh. some really good writing there.
2: There's a lot of parallelism <laughs> in this episode. A lot. Of, we'll get into that later. But there's a lot of fantastic parallelism in this episode, and I really, I enjoy that. I think that's what makes time travel so entertaining and so fascinating.
0: Andy, do you want to kick us off with some flash news?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, last weekend, um, for some reason, this. Funny actor decided to break some news during the weekend, which I didn't even notice until five, four or five la- hours later. But Doug Jones, who'll be appearing on Arrow this season as the character Deathbolt, will actually be stopping by The Flash as well. So first, you'll be seeing Deathbolt on episode 19 of Arrow, called Broken Arrow.
0: I think someone is gonna die. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs>
1: the arrow cave is going to die and it's going to die hard. So I don't
2: like all these pictures of Colton Haynes from like, really he's tweeting from his vacation. <laughs> and, and I'm like, stop it. Everybody else is tweeting from the set.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but Doug Jones will be, uh, after episode 19 of arrow, he'll be swinging by the flash for the penultimate episode of the season called rogue air episode 22. And, that's all we know, and um, I'm not familiar a lot with Deathbolt. So, but I do know he's the first metahuman that will be showing up on that on Arrow. So, it'll be interesting what kind of damage he will cause for Central City once he stops by over at flash. And and once again, kind of establishes that these two shows are in the same universe, and they, that these villains don't just stay in one city all the time. Like they actually, you know. They actually move on and do other things uh, in the world. So episode twenty-two, Rogue Air, which you know, don't be surprised if you see like all the rogues that we've been seeing this season. Um, I have a feeling we're gonna see Captain Cold and he Wave and Pied Piper and um, Sexy Wizard. I mean Weather Wizard. Um, the um, Golden Glider, who we met in this episode. So I, I think that might be our big. First, uh, for our first really big rogue episode. But um, but what do you guys feel about? It? I know you guys probably aren't familiar with the character, which I'm not either. But are you guys excited that someone like Deathpool that will be in an episode of Arrow called Broken Arrow will be then swing by Flash to cause some roguey problems?
0: For me, anytime these shows crossover, I get really excited because. I mean, I know that some people are only watching Arrow and they're not really watching The Flash. And I know other people who are only watching The Flash and not really watching Arrow. But I think for most of us, we're watching both shows. And to me, they're almost like the same show. I mean, the characters are different and the the style is different. But to me, it's like I get two nights of like a continuation of a show between Tuesday and Wednesday. And so anytime they bring a character over, whether it's a villain or a hero, it just kind of knits those two shows together even more. And I really like that. I mean, I love it on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they make references to the movies. And this is kind of how DC is able to do that. They make references to each other's shows. And I think it's really cool that we get to see kind of a menacing, strong character that's going to cause a lot of trouble and arrow come over to the flash and see how Barry deals with that.
2: When we spoke to Andrew Kreisberg at Paley Fest, one of the things I asked him was about the repercussions of both shows and how those repercussions are going to start bleeding into the other show. And he mentioned that there's going to be a point that comes up where one of the teams basically wonders why the other team Or or, I think what he said is that he one of the teams is going to wonder why they don't approach the other team for help. And so, you know, they kind of have their their own separate teams. And yes, they work together. But at the same time, they probably also have a level of competition with each other. Like this is Starling City. We're Team Arrow. We can take care of Starling. Whereas Team Flash is all this is this is Central City. We're Team Flash. We can take care of Central City. But Andrew suggested that there might be a point where one or the other wonders why they're not turning to the other for help. Maybe this is the point where Team Flash is wondering why they're not turning to Team Arrow to help them combat this the, you know, this new rogue showing up. Um, you know, and, and, and maybe that's the point where they decide, hey, we need to start relying on Team Arrow who have dealt with Deathbolt. And or, you know, maybe the I'm not quite sure if I'm getting the the timeline right. But what if Deathfold initially shows up in the Flash and the team Flash defeats him? And then the next episode he's on Arrow and Team Arrow's like, "Um, no, we're too proud to go ask Team Flash for help. And so I think that's a very interesting dynamic. Either way that it happens, I like that we're finally going to start to embrace the fact that there's some pretty bad stuff that's going on in both teams and in both cities and they can't just not interact with each other because there's going to be a point where they're going to start to wonder why they're not helping each other out. And, you know, maybe out of that and that realization comes something like, Oh, I don't know the justice league.
1: Oh, that would be neat. I, uh, Well, I I don't, I like that they're at least, you know, using, I know it's a little bit trickier to use, you know, the hero slash, you know, the major supporting characters on each other's shows to come over and whatnot. But I feel with villains, like, it's very realistic if you look at it it as a comic book because they do show up in other comic books. So, like, for example, you can see someone like Captain Boomerang in a Batman comic book even though he's a Flash villain. So so I kind of like the whole idea of it and... because I don't know much about Deathfold, I can't really add too much about him but but that's also part of the fun of getting to know a new character that we haven't seen before but yeah but um episode 22 should be interesting I I wouldn't be surprised if like he's like maybe like the leader or you know one one of the co-leaders of the rogues
2: brought up the rogues tonight
1: <laughs> yeah
2: we'll, we'll talk about it later but I'd like to say that uh Mr. Barry Allen even though Cisco's the naming bone of the team, I think Barry's got a little bit of that 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 naming jitters going on and he wants to bring he's like, no, Caitlin got to name somebody. I get to name someone something.
0: Um, I looked up Deathbolt's abilities and apparently he has electrokinesis and it says that he's able to generate, project, channel, and absorb electrical currents. so, if he's going to be on the the episode right before the finale of The Flash, I'm pretty sure that he's going to end up down in The Flash prison. And Wells is going to use his ability to absorb electrical currents to try to take Barry's speed force.
1: Ooh, I, I like.
0: Yeah, I'm game with that. That's my little pre-finale prediction. That's you heard it here on the Flash about, Podcast.
1: I like that. That's, uh,
2: or what if he needs... What if he could just use the electricity, say, created from lightning? From perhaps a weather wizard.
0: See, there you go. It could get really bad really fast if they all that's team up. That's very
2: interesting. Oh, this, this would be... This see, this would be very that's exciting.
0: why all the villains are in the star labs prison because dr wells is going to let them all he's going out to suck the power out of them <laughs> and he's going to use them all to take away barry's speed force and it's going to be crazy
1: well as long as my 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 weather wizard survives and we're good you know like or and pipe piper oh wait, wait pipe piper he escaped so yeah the only one i care about is Weather wizard at this point so um because i like liam okay
0: you know, we can make no promises here, Andy. It's a comic book show. People can live, people can die. And then we can go back in time and make them live again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and
1: scene. But, but yeah, those are all our news.
0: Awesome. Should we jump into episode topics?
1: In this episode, we meet another. I'm sorry, uh, and she is, you know, she's a little bit more of an obscure character. Lisa Snart, uh, A.K.A. Golden Glider, played by the beautiful and kick-ass Peyton List, who you may recognize from Mad Men, and um, Tomorrow People, and 90210, and so on. And uh, yeah, she's Captain Cole's little sister, and it's a uh, it's a diff it's a different Golden Glider from what we've seen in comics because she actually has powers in the new 2. but. Um, but what did you guys think about her as, you know, being new to this character to begin with?
2: I'm I'm used to seeing Peyton List. I'm used to her as um Oh my gosh, and her name is escaping me. Who what was her character's name on the Tomorrow people? Kara. Thank you. I'm used to seeing her as this strong, very um mature and sophisticated character, a little bit darker. Whereas Lisa Snart was all like giggly and girly and she like loves all that glitters and like make it gold. And so I, it was interesting to see her. Yeah. (laughs) It was interesting (laughs) to see her as that kind of a character. And I enjoyed that because I, I enjoy seeing actors who can transition to different characters, which is, you know, precisely what acting is. But I was interested in seeing her relationship with her brother. And I think what was most fascinating to me was that, he, that that later Snart mentioned that he would only go so far for his sister, and I wonder if it came down to it, if he would choose his own life over his sister's. Would he? Would he have been a, a, to able to do what Cisco did? And and I, I I don't know. I I think what I'm trying to say is that. I feel like while they have a protective relationship, I feel like at the same time, they've also got a bit of that hate in the love hate. And I don't think that, um, that Snart cares as much about his sister as she thinks he does. And I think that may show up later in upcoming episodes.
0: I thought she was a really cool character. I mean, the i Earlier, when I was on the podcast a few weeks ago, I think with Amy, we were talking about how there hasn't really been a lot of female villains or metahumans, mm-hmm. whether they're good or bad, on the show. And so I like the fact that they brought her on. But, I mean, I, I'm not like a get-on-my-soapbox feminist at all. That's not really like how I live my life. But still, I have to say, like, they brought on a female character, but she was the sister of a male character. You know what I mean? It's not like she mm-hmm. stood on her own. Like she didn't have any powers. She needed her brothers to get Cisco to make her a gun. Like it's so weird because I feel like when they write on when like the writers write for arrow, they write strong women so well, but I feel like the flash is still trying to gain its footing and it's female in like writing really strong female characters and not, not Caitlin or Iris, but just like strong physical characters because even well, peekaboo didn't fight. She disappeared. Right. I so, think it's a very um,
2: interesting thing that you're bringing up the connection between uh, their relationships with men because both peekaboo and Lisa snart are doing what they're doing either with the assistance or because of their significant man, whether it was Peekaboo's boyfriend or Lisa Snart's brother. And so that's a very interesting topic. I would be curious to, I, I would be, I would like to see a female villain that they bring in who's a female villain simply for the sake of being a female villain. And as yes. of yet, correct me if I'm wrong, we have not seen one.
1: I will say this, though, as in, and I don't want to spoil too much from what happens with Golden Glyder Combo and so on, but I think that, I will say this, I I do think, you know, the, the show does have strong female characters, you know, with the main cast, with, with Iris mm-hmm. and with Agreed. Caitlin. But I will, I will agree to what Lauren is saying, that with this, some of these guests, characters and whatnot and there's not been a lot of female we've had so far i can think of three of them right now plastic could have been a really good one if they hadn't killed her off and peekaboo you know i there's a character called peekaboo in dc universe i'm still trying to grasp that and and then we also have golden glider and she is you know what she actually ended up becoming the leader for the rogues for a little while in the comic books really yeah, so and there's there's a there's just a bit of a power struggle between her and Captain Cole. So I would just say this that maybe if even because I overall I was actually very happy with her first with her first episode, they did talk about a lot that she knew how to use her sexuality and so on. So it wasn't like she was you know, doing it for the second and so I think, you know, she is a kick ass, but I think she can definitely use that. Sexuality as you know a weapon in a way because that's what Payton was talking about a lot. But I do get right, but, go- no, go
0: Like, but here's my problem with that. Like, okay, and I I don't want this to become a rant in any way, shape, or form because I love the Flash and I think the writers are absolutely fantastic. But Plastique only harmed people when they touched her, so she wasn't even a really strong character in terms of defending herself. People died when they touched her, which is kind of weird, right? Like she like people can't touch her without dying and then Peekaboo she wasn't fighting she was just disappearing and then Lisa her only weapon until Cisco made her the gun was her sexuality i think that's such a cliche that a woman's strongest weapon is her sexuality like let me just be beautiful and distract you and oh look here's my here's my big brother like i have a real problem with that in terms of defining strong female comic book characters and i think i think arrow's doing it so well that it makes me wonder like why the flash isn't doing it that well yet and maybe they're just getting to it maybe it'll be season two it's just something that i'm noticing as a female viewer so was i happy golden glider was on the show sure but did she feel kind of like a little bit of a weak character to me a little bit She was a cliche character. She put on the wig, she hit on Cisco at a bar, and then they made her really girly, which I thought was super weird.
2: I think it's going to be interesting, and I brought this up earlier, how we kind of... In between her and her brother, where and it wasn't very obvious. I feel like it was very subtly hinted at that she and her brother may ultimately not be as close as they are appearing right now. Because obviously, until he was in trouble, she... Didn't even hop into the story, which, you know, actually countermands what you were just saying, Lauren. She did come in and save Captain Cold and Heatwave, but probably for just the purpose. I, we don't know her purposes. So maybe ultimately her purposes is she is using both of those guys. Now that would be fascinating to me. Maybe ultimately, while we think that they're calling the shots, she is using them. In every way, shape, and form to become the more powerful being and villain. And maybe she's actually the one. Maybe this this girly girliness is a disguise. Maybe she really is playing everyone, including the audience, into not suspecting her into becoming this character that we know may end up leading the rogues gallery by being that bad of a baddie. So maybe, maybe she's playing everybody.
1: that could be an option you know what and that's a very good way of being a glider wink wink so no but what you're saying is that it's actually it does make sense you know because the way i look at the character from the comics so on she she is she's good with playing with people's minds and so on so i will say that i also say that she was it was fun to watch her in this way and it was fun to see that I don't think this is how she really is. I think this is a disguise. It's a part of herself, and so on. And I think that if she ever does, if she ever does get powers, which you know I do think she might, I, I would not give up on this character so soon. And I know that that wasn't what you were saying, Lauren. So I do. I I, I get everything you're saying about it and so, and I will. But I will say that for me, and maybe you know it's you know it's weird for hearing it from me as a male viewer, but I you know I I like that she. Could use her, both well, physicality and so on, as a weapon, so on, but without becoming like a sick symbol, because that's you know what I think in one of like the first X-Men movies and so on. That's kind of like how I looked at Mystique for for a bit, because it was like she was kind of how she was coming off, even though there was a lot of these amazing action scenes and whatnot and so on. But I loved. I think Paytonless she fit in with that. Uh, she fits in between Dominic Purcell and Winworth Miller. I think she and Winworth they actually do kind of look like their, their siblings in a way. And um, I liked that they were so sassy and all that. And I do, there is one point that I remember that a lot of people were bringing up, that if her gun could make gold, then what was the point of robbing, like, a truck or whatever it was? I kind of remember that people a lot of people were like, <laughs> what was the like? If you have a cold... That's if you a have, really good point. But you know what? Here's the thing. The rogues in the combo, they, they have this mentality of, well, we can and we want to. Basically, you know, just you know, because we can and we want to. That's a lot of their motivation sometimes. And not, on, not just, like, the only thing, but, you know, it's part of it. But, um, but I've talked way too much. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well, so let's move on f- um, from Peyton List and go to kind of what, for me, was one of the most fantastic parts of this episode, was all of the various aftermaths, the repercussions of this time travel trip that Barry has had. So he's gone back in time. He, you know, divulges to Wells, or rather Wells figures it out, that he time travel. And Wells tells him, ironically so, Mr. I travel back in time to change the future, that Barry cannot change the future. He says Barry you must allow events to proceed as they are supposed to, which is interesting because Wells would not have known that he was actually going to be revealed. I think if he had known that he would have been unmasked, he probably would have been like, okay, Barry change the future, please. Thank you. Um, But I think it's fascinating to see the various things that Barry does to try to prevent horrible things from happening in the future it's like time travel has to has to make up for it the universe needs to balance itself and so an equal level of horrible things need to happen in this timeline so i'm curious what you guys thought about the repercussions of what he did and whether you think ultimately Given everything that happens, given what happens with Iris, given what happens with the captain, given what happens with Cisco and his brother, if you think Barry regrets changing the timeline?
0: That's a really good question. I think I think what you were saying about like something bad still has to happen, I think that is just life. Because we learn and we grow best from the, the situations that are the most difficult. So in Barry's case, what happened with Captain Singh and what happened with Joe West in the timeline that we saw in episode 15. All of those circumstances are what forced Iris to reveal her love for Barry. So you have all these mm-hmm. really hard things going on and then something really powerful and really good coming out of it. And so even if Barry change that so that joe is okay so that the city is safe so that captain singh is okay there still has to be hard things to happen because that's how we learn and that's how we grow and so i think for barry i mean everything that he's learning right now is that kind of like the once upon a time thing like like you can't make a decision and not expect there to be some kind of consequence And Mm -hmm. so you might save this person over here, but because you're saving this person, you might not have the time to go save this other person. You know, if there's two fires in the city burning at the same time, how do you choose which burning building you save? And I think that is a classic hero question because you can't Mm -hmm. be in all places at the same time. You have to make tough calls. And I think we got to see part of that tough call in Cisco. He had to choose. Between Barry and his brother. And there's no right or wrong answer there, right? And he can't save both. So there's only that- the
2: answer that does the least amount of damage.
0: Right. And even that you can't predict what's going to have the least amount of damage because for Barry, he might think saving the city from Weather Wizard has the least amount of damage. But now there's all these repercussions that are starting to happen. So I don't think there's a right or wrong choice because we have to continually live with our choices. But I think that Wells... think the reason he told barry not to mess up the timeline had nothing to do with barry or, or central city it had everything to do with what harrison is trying to protect and that's why he was so freaked
1: out i loved the whole part of him acting like one of those people that just says don't spoil me like i would just want to put like i would want to ask him Every TV show that he watches, and then you know, just try to spoil it as much as possible, and see if he would ever, in, at some point, put his fingers in his ears and go la la la, la I don't hear anything, um, <laughs> because that's basically like, look, that man would be a nerve wrack watching The Walking Dead, or you know, being like spoiled about The Walking Dead. So <laughs> that was just adorable, and it kind of reminded me a little bit about the, um, the comedic side of Tom Cavanagh, you know, like from Scrubs or whatever. But I will say that I loved that. Barry had to not suffer, but that he had to kind of feel the pain of, well, I know everything about everyone right now, but i'm not if i I'm not allowed to take advantage of that because it's then gonna mess things up even more. So I like that he was and it's it kind of it's a little bit of a parallel parallel with uh, what Oliver was going through. Last week, with him, you know, finally asking those questions, what have I accomplished in Central in starting the and so? And he was asking all those questions, and Barry was asking all the questions that someone would ask if they were someone that had just gone through time travel. So I I enjoyed it a lot, and that he, it was you know, there was a lot of comedic parts where if, with him just basically knowing the answer to everything that that Joe was about to say or Iris was about to say, <laughs> it was just like. Aw, he's, you know, he it's like, eh, Laura, you'll probably get re- this reference, but, like, if River Song was with him, he would she would be so oh, Spoilers. all over. He's a spoiler. It's like, oh, my God, you don't get the rules, sweetie. And um, <laughs> River Song is then the character that um, Laurel's mom played on Doctor Who, Amy, in case you didn't know.
2: Hmm. I think I'm thinking about one of the things that stood out to me in this time travel you know, realization, everything, all all the choices that Barry's realizing that he's making have repercussions. And just like you said, Lauren, you're living in the here and now. What has happened has happened. You can't rely on your knowledge of the future or the past to change the present and to live the present. And Barry, this is the first episode and he makes this connection where he realizes that by going back in time and changing the past he may not create the future which is better he may not create a future which he wants to live in in fact he may not even create a future where the flash exists at all so for instance when he realized that by changing the timeline he prevented the very actions which brought him and Iris together he realized That by going back in time to save his mom, he may prevent the very actions which create the flash in the first place. And without the flash, who is going to save those people in the burning buildings? Who's going to combat the metahumans? Who's going to be there to save Oliver Queen's life? There are going to be infinitesimal and unpredictable repercussions for going back in time and changing that past. And so... This is the point, and Barry realized it tonight, where he needs to decide whether going back in time and saving one life is worth risking the lives of everybody else who will be saved by the Flash. And now it's not to say that by going back in time and saving Barry's mom, that he won't ultimately end up still becoming the Flash, perhaps through different means. But is he willing to risk the Flash never existing for his mom? And that's, we've talked about it before, that's one of the big things, uh, big theories of time travel, is that, you know, maybe there's the, you know, the theory of multiverses or alternate universes where maybe there's currently existing an alternate universe where Barry's mom is alive, but the Flash doesn't exist. And, you know, I still have that theory of maybe that Barry Allen or someone is going back in time and affecting this Barry Allen, and that's a whole theory spiral that we could go down but that's what I loved about this episode is that it wasn't just about Barry and Iris getting together as a ship. It was about Barry realizing the repercussions of his actions and the repercussions of one small action affecting the greater good.
1: Yeah, like you know, the butterfly effect that if you if you touch something, then, you know, the whole world could be changed.
0: Precisely. It's- it's interesting because, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, Amy, is so Doctor Who because there are <laughs> yeah, so yeah, many. I was
1: thinking the same thing. I'm like, right? do... she loves title to so but yet yeah, she doesn't watch Doctor Amy.
2: Because I needed to graduate college, and to graduate college, I needed to go to class. <laughs> and I, wouldn't, I didn't have time to watch Doctor Who, and I still don't because I'm, you know, this, this career, you know, life, jobs, work. I haven't had the time to uh, commit okay, to it. I okay. know I've. That's the problem. Do this at least.
1: <laughs> just watch the pilot. Then you can be done with it.
2: Uh, well, I know enough about it. There's so, so much more. Okay.
1: Let Don't. me just say
0: what I was going to say. <laughs> the the reason that the, so much of this whole time travel idea is paralleled in Doctor Who is because at this point in time, you know, and Doctor Who they say this all the time, you are the most important person in the entire universe, you know. Clara Oswin Oswald, um, or Donna or the Doctor Donna, just all the amazing companions that have been on that show. Rose there's a line. Tyler. That, yeah. There's a line that the doctor says in the season finale of uh, season four. Uh, journey's end and he's looking at Donna and he says all of time has been collapsing in on you like all of time has been bending around you this entire time and I didn't realize it until just now and to me that's almost like Nora Allen like she is this woman she was raising her son she was married I don't know too much about her backstory in the comics but for some reason this moment in her life, all of time is folding around it and you have future Barry coming to try to save her and you have future Dr. Wells coming to try to kill Barry and somehow she gets in the middle of it. And it's like, it's like she is the epicenter of all of these possible time streams. And I love it. Like my hope is that Barry does go back in time, that he does save his mom and then he speeds to the future. And it's very much like it's a wonderful life. Where nobody knows who he is, nobody knows who the Flash is, and he's like, oh my god, like I have to go back and let this happen to my mom, because otherwise all these bad things would have happened.
1: Basically, you're talking about Flashpoint, um, the the legendary DC Comics uh, storyline. You guys should really pick up Flashpoint or watch the animated movie. I think you guys would get a huge kick out of that.
0: I think because, I'll watch it after the season's over because I like I want to yes, keep this fresh. Do you that, know? do
1: that, do that. Like mm-hmm. don't don't even don't even read a comic page from Flash. I think that's a good idea. Like for anyone that hasn't read Flashpoint or seen Flashpoint, do do it after season one. I think it, you will appreciate it a lot more if we actually see Flashpoint happen on the show.
2: And see, that's kind of where I'm leading, Lauren. Following up from yours is that yes, he sees that universe where the Flash and Barry Allen doesn't d- where the Flash doesn't exist. And so he goes back in time to stop himself from saving his mom, knowing the full repercussions. And so that's that's, that's what that's ultimately my theory is that there are literally three Barry Allen's in the house, the kid Barry Allen, the Barry Allen who's trying to save his mom and the Barry Allen from the future future, (laughs) trying to come back in time, (laughs) preventing Barry Allen from saving his mom. And so that's, that's, That's my that's kind of been my like theory pinpoint is that I want that to happen. Um, But then you're like, crap. Well, in episode 15, Dr. Wells admitted that he was there. And how is that possible? And which Barry Allen was he trying to kill? Was he trying to kill the Barry Allen that was the speedster? or Was he trying to kill Barry Allen, the little kid? And his mom just got in the way. But enough time travel talk. We could do a whole podcast on time travel. Oh, we, and we probably should.
1: <laughs> we probably will in, during the, the final hiatus. So, so don't you worry. We we are not done talking about time travel. As long as Amy is on this show, we will always <laughs> talk about time travel. No, the flag is all about time travel. So it's. I just love how passionate you get for this, and so. And I I actually love listening to it because I actually feel like I, I learn new things But, like, you. This should be. You should be leading a course on like this you know on oxford or something like that and be like okay listen this is time travel 101
2: <laughs> we could call it ah, oh, the theory of relativity and lauren and i could teach it and, and we could use star trek episodes and the flash episodes and doctor who episodes and it could just be an entire course my heart is full. I think you just made my day. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's do it, Lauren. <laughs>
1: um, I'm I'm sitting right here.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Andy. We're having a moment. Well, we got to meet Cisco's family, and specifically, we got to meet his brother Dante. And there is no love lost between those two brothers. We got to see Caitlin and cisco go to his brother's birthday party and everyone went all out for it obviously and cisco's mom didn't even come over and say hello and i don't know if that was like intentional in the script but like dante came over said hi took the gift and walked away it was as if cisco
2: was i want to the- know what was in the gift sorry i didn't mean <laughs> to interrupt you but i want to know what was in the gift it was
1: probably uh, like a-, a course book for your new course at oxford for time travel
0: i thought it was really interesting because when i think of cisco i see him as a genius i see him as a brilliant kind of like baby nerdy tony stark because he's always inventing awesome things and Like like
1: in the center of the whole thing basically
0: yeah and just for his family to blow him off like that and just not even see him as significant was really hard to watch
1: it was, and, and something I've, you know, me coming from that background, having read, you know, Cisco Ramon in the comic and so on, it's, because first of all, I don't even really remember the mother being around in the comic that, in the comic volume that I read, which is called, actually, Just League of America's Vibe, Um there's only one volume, 12 issues, by Sterling Gates, and then a little bit from Andrew and Jeff Johns, so if anyone wants to, you know, pick up and read more about Dante and Cisco and their third brother um, and see how he plays in the DC universe, I would go pick it up on Amazon and whatnot. But no, but it was, I agree because I was almost expecting that, well, Cisco is, you know, because he's a genius, that he would be in the center of the family and whatnot. But it was kind of interesting that they kind of turned it around a little bit, that it was actually him being the outsider and then the kid that actually needed maybe a little bit more attention. That actually wasn't the center of the of the family. Well,
2: what I want to know is later in that in that episode when Dante and Cisco are sitting at the table, Cisco or Dante says that our parents have never understood your passion and your talent, and so I wonder what his parents wanted him to be. I wonder if Cisco has a different talent that his parents wanted him to to show off. So we know that Carlos Valdez can sing and so i wonder if it was meant to be a musical family if i'm not kidding. i wonder if Cisco was meant to to be like that's a perfect.
1: singer that's perfect that's perfect and laughing his brother
2: at was meant to <laughs> and his mother brother was meant to be a pianist and they were meant to i don't know travel the world and be the 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 dueling
1: the vibra- i don't know i'm trying to the vibrating ramones
2: <laughs> there you go the ramones um, hey
1: no, by, there you go. By, no, vibrating by Ramones. Oh,
0: but I of wonder the vibe. If,
2: Yeah, but I wonder if that was the that was the goal, and that Cisco was like, mm, no, I'm not really into music. I'm kind of into science, and his parents never really understood that. Maybe Cisco is kind of the 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 geek. You know, he, he is the geek of the family, yeah, yeah, Maybe he's it, kind of that yeah. geek stereotype, the one who loves science and loves nerdy stuff and loves Star Wars and loves Star Trek and loves, you know, video games and everything. And his parents said, you know, really, we kind of want you going down this path and you're going down that path. And because you're choosing not to follow the path that we have decided to, you know, predetermined will be your path, we are not going to accept what you're going to do. So I, I think that's probably what it is. But I would have liked to see I know, or maybe we will see it i would i would be interested to see what his parents initially wanted cisco to do with his life
1: i wonder where his dad was mostly because he does like there's a very specific dynamic that they have in the comics so, so that's why I, I i didn't know we were gonna see his mom so i was like whoa um but i liked them um, nicolas gonzalez in in the role i think you know and uh, he was a little bit of a jerk but you know that's kind of, that was kind of the point but you know he still had a heart at the end of it and he come on he is so good looking what did you think about Dante did you like the actor you see seen him before on Jane the Virgin right
0: I have seen him before but honestly I don't remember him because like I binged the episodes that I was behind on Jane the Virgin and so you know when you binge something it just kind of all blurs together um I don't really remember him on Jane the Virgin, so I don't really have anything to say about him. So you can just take that whole part out, (laughs) because I don't know what to
1: say. Okay, but what did you think as a whole of the whole dynamic between them? Like, is, you know, did you like the outcome of the whole thing?
0: Yeah, I did like the outcome. I thought initially it was really difficult to watch Cisco be treated as somebody who was invisible. And I thought it was interesting how, see, this is what I was saying earlier that the whole situation in last week's episode is what forced Iris to get honest about her is, is what forced Iris to get honest about her feelings. And so in this episode, all of the trauma and the kidnapping and the frostbite and the torture that Dante and Cisco had to endure, it forced Dante to say Cisco, I am so sorry that you aren't treated the way that you deserve. And I'm actually a washed up musician and I'm not doing anything with my life and you're amazing and you create all this stuff. So it just goes to show that sometimes you have to put people in these really intense circumstances for them to actually get honest about their feelings because they bury it so deep. And so I thought it was really touching to see Dante actually open up to Cisco a little bit and, to see Cisco, no matter how much it hurt to be ignored, to see him choose his brother over Barry. I thought that was awesome.
2: Lauren, you bring up another insane parallel the, par- the the parallel between Iris having to go through something difficult to realize who she loves and Cisco this Cisco's brother having to go through something difficult to realize how much he loves his brother. this episode's just full of parallels between episode 15 and 16 and I love it. I love I love every parallel aspect that they have involved with it. Um, I, I didn't I didn't think about that one and I love that we can sit here and talk about it and come up with new parallels related to time travel. It's just, it's incredible. That's what I love about this show. And that's what, and one of my um, friends who I actually met at PaleyFest, um, Jordan, he said that last week's episode took him from casual viewer to completely engaged fan. And I kind of feel like that's where I was because I, you know, I love the show, obviously. I've been on here before and I can't shut up about it. But it took me from like, oh yeah, watching every episode on Tuesday night, woohoo, to like at my my television at eight o'clock because I absolutely positively have to know what happens right now. And so I have become so much more engaged with the show simply because of what they've done in these last two episodes.
1: I second that I, I <laughs> no, sorry. I was, I, it was a little bit of my mind, but mind but I'm sorry. Uh, no, I am. Um, I agree. And it's, and you know, we will talk about Iris a little bit later in the episode and so on, but I, no, I, I think this was a very good dynamic to see more of his family. Hopefully, you know, we may see Kaylin's family or, you know, you know, more of um, Iris's family, you know, you know, fingers crossed to meet her mom and whatnot. So, you know, I thought it was a good dyma- dyna- dynamic altogether.
2: So speaking of families... Uh, we got the the Rogue Gallery back together, being a family and all. I kind of like to think of them as a family. I want to know what you guys think about Barry's decision to let Captain Cold go. Because he basically gave him free license to wreak havoc upon the city as long as he doesn't kill anyone. I thought that was very interesting, and my mind keeps flashing over to Arrow, and I'm trying to find a parallel over to Arrow, and it reminds me very bizarrely Of Detective Lance giving the Arrow free reign to to the city as long as he doesn't kill anybody, but it's very different. But I wonder if there was almost that was a little bit of an inspiration for the Flash. He's like, as long as I can ultimately control him, I'm gonna let him go and wreak havoc with his Rogues Gallery, which I thought was very clever. Well done, Barry Allen. Uh, But I'm curious what you guys think about that whole that whole sequence and about him ultimately letting Captain Cold and Heatwave go and have free reign of Central City as long as they don't kill anyone. And how long do you think that's actually going to last? Um,
0: I thought that was really cool of Barry to do because you have to know when to pick your battles. And I think Barry knew in that moment, if I try to take down Cold and Heatwave and Golden Glider right now, the, the four of us will be at it all night and I'll get injured and they'll get injured. And then I'll get injured. And I think he was like, you know what? Just, just go, just go away and just get into trouble. Just don't hurt anybody if you're going to do it because you just, I mean, it's, it's, you, you waste so much time, you know, fighting back and forth and back and forth. And I think Barry was like, you know what? I'm done with you. Get out of town go rob a bank somewhere else. You know, I think he was just, I think he was just done. I think he was tired of it. And I think it was a really smart choice because it saved him potentially having to deal with the whole cold gun situation again.
1: I, I was a bit confused by the whole thing. And I was wondering if this was their way of kind of setting up Captain Cold for the spinoff. Although, I'm pretty sure that because they're going to be back at least for another episode this season that I, that, that wasn't it. So... I didn't
2: think about the spin-off, though. I didn't think about well that theorized. either.
1: Well, I, I think that... Oh, and see, this is where where I, as a f- big Flash fan, get a little bit defensive about these characters. because I'm like, well, I don't really want them to go to the spin-off when I would rather see them go up against Flash every week. But... That's, you know, that's a discussion of another day. But I was it was an intriguing scene of why Barry let him go away while knowing who he is. Um, but
2: see, now I'm thinking spin-off. And my whole theory about the spin-off is that it somehow exists in an alternate or multiverse reality, or that some of the characters do. Sarah Lance cough, cough. But now I'm wondering if maybe, Oliver Queen kicks Ray Palmer out of the city. Ronnie doesn't want anything to do with Martin Stein, kicks him out of his city. Kicking Barry kicks the rogues out of their city, and they all descend upon some other city in that yeah. DC universe Which and interact city. with each other. Huh. Dot, dot, dot. To be continued. We're waiting for more inter- in- information, Andrew Kreisberg. If you are listening...
1: Yeah, you can you'd like to provide us with
2: some inside information. Emo... We would be glad to uh to keep it discreet and
1: um <laughs> yeah, <Amy. laughs>
2: and freak out about it in public. That's I... very interesting, Andy. I didn't think about that.
1: Ooh. No, no, it was good, like a good call. No, well it, I technically it's actually a bad call because I know that they're gonna be back for at least another episode, so maybe that that last episode is gonna be where we'll set up at least Captain Cole and Heat Wave for the spin off. Um but you know we still know so little about that show, so it, it's it's so difficult. But I you know I just love. Look, I'm a sucker for the Rogues. You could like you you could have them rob banks or you can do anything for four two straight minutes, and I, and I would watch that episode five hundred times because I love the Rogues. They're so unique as individual characters, and I just I dig them a lot. And I'm looking forward to the day when we have like eight of them together.
0: So let's transition topics a little bit here. I want to talk about the scene between Dr. Wells and Cisco. How many of you were completely freaked out when Wells took Cisco into that room and shut oh. the door?
1: I was about to call one of you guys and be like, they're doing it again. I can't handle the stress.
2: <laughs> it's funny because with all those parallels that were going on i actually kind of expected what was coming that they would do the complete opposite what i did not expect until he started saying it was the line i I, you know obviously the scene happened in two minutes so i feel like if i had thought you know, knew that scene was coming i would have been like and yes he'll probably use that line again but when he's like i've come to think of you as a son i was like oh my feels right in the feels oh my goodness
0: Yeah, when he went in to shut the door, I was like, wait, 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 (laughs) Wells, what are you doing? We just got Cisco back. Don't you dare reveal yourself. And so that whole scene played out in slow motion to me because I was genuinely worried. And then I started to see, okay, this isn't a reenactment. This is a reverse,
1: (laughs) a reverse
0: enactment.
1: Wait, Wait, I don't get it. Oh, well, reverse. La- Never mind. I'm so <laughs> tired. So
0: <laughs> Hashtag is late. Um, it was just a complete reverse of what happened last week where he wanted to confide in him and he told him he felt like he was his son. And that whole scene just it was perfectly written as a quote-unquote parallel to what happened last week how many times have we said parallel in this yeah, episode I was about to say, here's someone the, here's count and game. tweet us please Drink, drinking <laughs> game
1: every time there's parallel or every time amy somehow gets it connected back to time travel or parallel universes or <laughs> all universes, universes. Yeah,
0: we drink every time we say parallel, reverse, or multiverse, okay?
1: (laughs) Or when Annie does a bad joke. So basically, you will be drunk within the first 15 minutes because... I
0: have a cherry Coke. I can drink to that.
1: (laughs) Cheers. Scott, if you're listening, this is what what happens when you're not here. (laughs) We miss you, buddy. Uh,
2: We just went drinking on the flash podcast. <laughs> apparently, uh, but then,
1: <laughs> but you you know what I have speaking. You know, just as a side note, I how interesting it would have been if Harrison at some point like visits like you know Mrs. and Mr. Ramon and kind of tells them that because he looks at Cisco as a son, like be like, yeah, you should treat him better because you're not you you're not seeing the potential that he has, and so I like, kind of like. You know, do like one good deed before he just like decides to get up out of the chair and be like, "I am Reverse Flash." It just I,
2: <laughs> I, I just remembered something tangent to Andy's tangent. Tangent to Andy's tangent. I realized in this episode when Harrison Wells goes in and talks to Gideon, the future that he doesn't want changed is the future where Barry doesn't exist where the flash quote unquote banishes in a crisis. And I remember that initial episode when we first met Gideon and that whole newspaper popped up. I thought that was the future he was trying to prevent, but it looks like that's the future he's trying to allow to happen. That's the future he wants to remain. And so that even, you know, that gets me theory spiraling even more. Is that a future where a Barry Allen banishes because he's traveled back in time to stop Dr. Wells or to stop a current Barry Allen. And so I didn't realize that until this episode tonight. And I don't know if if I just missed it and I didn't make that connection and that was just, you know, or maybe it took all these episodes and that time travel sense to kind of get me in the right mind mm-hmm. to think about it. But I didn't realize that the future that harrison wells is trying to keep intact is the future in which barry allen does not exist
1: Well, that means that then he was going to kill um the young barry in the flashbacks i mean in like in you know you asked last week which barry was he trying to kill that night the adult barry or the young barry so did does this mean that he wanted to kill kid barry Well,
2: it's not it's not a future where Barry so much doesn't exist as a future where the Flash, it says Uh Flash vanishes in crisis. So very similar to how Barry was running in that tidal wave and then vanished when he ran so fast, he traveled back in time. Whatever crisis is in that future, um, Barry's running so fast to, I don't know, maybe stop Dr. Wells or stop some cataclysmic event in the future 10 15 years from now
1: and i know I there's think, a date on there somewhere i
0: think we all just figured out something really crazy about this show
1: it's white and gold
0: <laughs> it's blue and black no, it's white
1: it's white and gold
0: <laughs> um amy i seriously i think you just cracked it in Christberg if you're listening we're so sorry for figuring out your storytelling <laughs> um <laughs> i oh think God. amy i think right. you just figured it out in that picture in 2024 He's running around the city and it says the flash vanishes. What if that is when he runs back in time to save his mom? And that's when Harrison Wells went back to stop, as you call him future Barry, not little Barry. Like, I think, I think you totally hit it because I've been trying to figure
2: out the connection between that news article. And I think that's it.
1: Well, if if you so
2: that point where he vanishes, Is him vanishing to go back in time? Or what if he's running that fast to stop Wells? What if he realizes Wells is going to go back in time and try to kill kid Barry Allen to prevent the Flash from ever existing? And so as reverse Flash is disappearing on the timeline, so is Barry Allen. But then, why would he want that future to still exist? This is this well, is fascinating. I love well,
1: this. What happens if you actually if, if you if this period comes to fruition? What am I gonna owe you? <laughs>
0: Nothing. <laughs> Andy, I have a question about Flashpoint, and I know that you probably don't want to spoil it, but I've been reading up on it just a little bit. And isn't there somewhere in the Flash comic book compendium where the Reverse Flash or uh, it's Albert Thawne or Professor Zoom. He goes back in time and he tries to kill the Flash as a kid and he succeeds, but then he loses his Flash powers because if there's no original Flash, there can be no reverse Flash. Become? So then he has to go back, back and make sure that Barry survives, which to me, that's what Harrison Wells is doing right now. He's making sure Barry survives so that future Harrison can get Barry's powers. Is, is it something like that? Is that in the comic
1: somewhere? Damn, you just summarized the first issue of Flashpoint, Reverse Flash. There's <laughs> a, so, as we're getting now towards the end of this episode, it's been a long discussion, but we do have to talk about this. Barry figures it out as Reverse Flash ends up killing Mason. And, you know, even though he didn't deserve it... Um, I thought it was necessary that he died, and Barry, I, I loved that Barry got to figure out on his own, which is one of the reasons I actually love this time travel aspect. Take a shot. Because this time, he got to figure it out. Because Barry Allen, he is, look, if you read the comics, whether it is the pre-52, or the new 52, or it's one of the animated shows, or one of the animated movies, Barry Allen is one of the smartest characters in the dc universe and you know something like this should be something he should be able to figure out on his own so i love the fact that by the end of the episode he summons joe to his lab barry's lab and tells him that you were right i think harrison is you know up to something
2: ironically because barry changed the timeline Harrison Wells felt he had to defend himself. And so with all of his talk about how the timeline is going to be affected when they do things differently, it's Harrison Wells' actions that did not exist in the first timeline, but exist in episode 16 timelines that ultimately clue the team
1: into who he is.
0: Right. If a secret's meant to be revealed, it doesn't matter what you do, it will come out in time.
1: Now... What is the next step from here now? What do you think Barry is going to be doing now, you know, in the next couple of weeks as he now knows that his mentor is basically a jackass?
0: I think the next few episodes are going to be Team Barry and team Joe, team Jerry <laughs> um, figuring out what what Dr. Wells is really up to. And of course, we know that. Felicity and Ray Palmer are coming on not next week, but the week after. And so that'll probably be a contained episode with Star Labs trying to build Palmer some new tech, but I'm thinking episode 17, 19, 20, 21, 22, that will all be leading up to the big reveal that Harrison is the reverse flash.
2: So I wonder if they could, the flash could get away with doing that as the penultimate episode. So the episode before the finale and then make the finale Mind-blowing. So, reveal to everyone that Wells is the reverse Flash in the penultimate episode. And then have the fallout repercussions in the finale, which ultimately lead to something bigger. Because I feel like um, Arrow did something very similar in Season 2. And I'm trying to remember the last two episodes.
1: Um, Or not...
2: uh, Well, here's what
1: happened. The the last three episodes of Season 2 of Arrow... They were all like in the same night. So it's Exactly. It's kind of hard to determine like what really happened when's gonna
2: happen where, yeah. So that'd be interesting. I think but I I I don't I hope because I feel like it's something that we the audience already know. I hope that Harrison Wells being the reverse Flash isn't the finale because we already know that. I want them to make that the penultimate episode or an episode be- even before that so that the rest of the team finds out. But then what comes as the finale is what we, the audience, don't know.
1: And I think that might actually be a good endpoint for the discussion. Um, because I'm, I'm afraid that if we continue, we're going to keep saying parallel universes and time travel at least 700 more times. And we don't want people to you know, have little failures or whatnot of, you know, if they are doing their (laughs) drinking games. Um, Kids, stay in school and don't drink till you're 21. And, um, you know, always be yourself, unless you can be the Flash, then always be the Flash. So, but overall, pretty good episode, a a good follow-up from last week's episode. And um, I can't can't think of anything that I had a problem with in in this episode.
0: I really liked it. I know I said that I, I had a little bit of a problem with Golden Glider, but that was just me, you know, just reflecting on female characters in general. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think Dominic Purcell is amazing, and I love seeing him whenever he's on the show. And
1: He's so funny in this character, by oh, the way.
0: Can we talk about something funny that happened at the very end? When when Barry comes into the to Jitters and Eddie hugs him <gasps> and Barry's like oh, yes oh my god what happened and Eddie with those sweet puppy dog eyes he's like Barry I'm so sorry I didn't know <laughs> and Barry's like didn't know what uh, and Caitlin's <laughs> like ah oh, he has what did they call it the lightning lightning psychosis. psychosis lightning psychosis and Iris is like
2: he told me he had ESP. <laughs> 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 and I thought of that line from Mean Girls. It's like I have ESPN or something.
0: A great way to end the episode that Caitlin got to kind of tell everybody why Barry was acting so strange. So that Iris wasn't mad at him. So that Eddie wasn't mad at him. I thought that was great.
1: Yeah. And kind of like, you know, put the triangle drama a little bit on, on eyes for now. And... But I, I will be honest with everyone. I don't like triangle dramas at all. And I, I'm not saying as, you know, oh, CW's the only one who does it and whatnot. It's just that I'm... I want to watch him run and time travel and I want to see him, you know, go into the Speed Force. Oh my god, I'm going to have the the biggest nerdgasm the day we see the, the Speed Force. Um, but, but that's a discussion for another day. So, any... Any final thoughts before we wrap this up?
2: Nope. No final thoughts. I agree with everything that has been said in this podcast. I do agree with Lauren a little bit. Not a little bit. All the way. I think it's because Lauren and I are so fiercely um, Peggy Carter (laughs) from Agent Carter um, that we are both looking for that Peggy Carter villain, so to speak, to come into um, the Flash. the, The real strong standalone female villain not the piggy carter is a villain it's getting late apparently i'm losing my ability to speak coherently i am now babbling incoherently but i do agree with what lauren said about golden glider um and i hope that it's because she's playing everyone including the audience and in reality she's the one pulling all the strings
1: i agree shall we get us on quick and i mean quick listener feedback <laughs>
2: Listener feedback, we got some fantastic tweets about the episode tonight. First one is from Eric Wilson, 82078. I bet that's his zip code. He said, I love tonight's ep. It was epic as always. Things keep getting better. Can't wait for more reverse Flash versus The Flash. And I totally agree. At Mike Schmidt 09 said, I love the character development on Cisco, as well as Barry realizing the cost of altering the future flashpoint anyone omaha john tweeted the flash podcast and said really liked peyton list from the tomorrow people glad at rapaport casting remembered her for lisa snart shout out to rapaport casting and the casting people who basically do all the fantastic work for arrow and the flash that you see including the tomorrow people which is no longer on the air but the flash and arrow are so they're being kind of totally awesome a tweet from crispy 47 which is a great name Said, man, that was awesome. The show keeps getting better every week. Interesting that Barry ignored Wells' advice about affecting time travel. Also interesting that Captain Cold now knows Flash's identity. I figured Barry would time travel and erase that at the end at Cherry Coke 12345 said that episode was awesome. I'm glad we still had the Wells-Cisco talk. It was wonderful to finally meet Lisa Snart. And a friend of all three of us, uh, who is the host of the podcast Scene and Nerd, which all three of us have actually been on, said Return of the Rogues plus one, Wells and Cisco reverse convo, and Caitlin saved the day. Just another day in the life of Barry Allen.
1: And, uh, yeah, that's actually going to be everything for our feedback section this week because, yeah, we there was a lot of feedback and so we had to, you know, but we also, we jammed for, like, nine hours about parallel universes. Time travel, man. Shots. Um, but thank everyone so much for tweeting in and so on. And if you want to have your thoughts read on the show, you re- you can tweet us at The Flash Podcast every week or email us to theflashpodcast at gmail.com and we will read as many as we can possibly fit in but but that's gonna wrap up our episode for this week uh, for our episode discussion um you know where you can find the flash podcast the flash com, and you know basically anything on social media facebook twitter instagram vine and uh, youtube all under the flash podcast subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher radio rate review and subscribe to us and um, we would love to hear what you think about the podcast so the more reviews we get the more it helps out the show and uh, we're part of the flash fan circle on google plus via our good friend hank from tvfanatic.com and um, make sure to check out mike schmidt's flash Oprah, who who was amazing to write our theme song for the show you can find out on, on soundcloud.com slash flash oprah and uh yeah make sure to check out our good friends over at the mixer network which we are part of on wednesdays at 6 p.m where we go live with the flash pocket as well so to any of our mix listeners hello and uh yeah That's uh, all of my plugs. Um, You ladies, you guys do Assembly of Geeks with Scott. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and uh, where people can find you on the internet.
0: Well, as many of you know, Scott and Amy are hosts on Assembly of Geeks and that's a show that I actually co-produce and the day that... This episode drops, uh, Assembly of Geeks also drops on Wednesdays. And for those of you out there who are Marvel fans, we are actually doing the ultimate Marvel March Madness bracket. And so if you guys are really into talking about who would win in a fight... Captain America versus Thor, the Hulk versus Thanos. Um, Make sure to check out our podcast this week, which is on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on our website at assembly of geeks. And if you guys want to tweet me, I'm available anytime on Twitter, Lauren underscore Galloway.
2: And I am on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Marie 97. I will also be guesting on scene and nerd again this week. Um, you guys should stop by and listen you can definitely listen to Assembly of Geeks you guys will love our episode this week you're not going to believe who we unintentionally paired up for the final mashup well we're going to jump to the
0: spoilers section and if you are not sticking around for spoilers with us I'm Lauren I'm Amy
1: and I'm Andy
0: and we will see you all next week on The Flash Podcast
1: The city was hit by terrorist attacks. That guy called himself the trickster. Whoa, someone was rocking the unit art.
2: The psychopath has the capability to destroy the city.
1: The trickster! Are you familiar with the movie Speed? If you
2: go below 600 miles per hour, it'll explode.
1: I can't run forever! <laughs> it will blow if you stop moving. Run, 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 run! The Flash, all new this Tuesday at 8 7 Central on the CW.
0: All right. Thanks for joining us on the spoiler section. We're just going to take a quick look ahead at next week's episode, episode 17 entitled tricksters. Mark Ah. Hamill. Most of you would know him as Luke Skywalker on star Wars reprises his role as the trickster, a copycat killer who goes by the name, the trickster guest star, Devin gray starts setting off bombs in central city. In order to stop the villain, Barry and Joe meet with the original trickster, Mark Hamill, a criminal mastermind named James Jesse, who has been imprisoned for 20 years. Things quickly go from bad to worse when the tricksters unite and take Henry, Barry's dad, prisoner. Meanwhile, Iris asks Eddie for help with a case and flashbacks, flashbacks, show how Harrison Wells came up with the idea for the particle accelerator. Ralph Hemmacher directed the episode, written by Andrew Kreisberg.
2: I loved the trailer that we got to see because we've been talking about how Barry Allen can go so fast that he changes time. Well, now someone is forcing him to move so fast that what happens if he goes back in time again? Obviously, he's not. I feel like they're gonna, I feel like this is kind of the stop, the halting point. They're gonna take a break on the time travel for a second. But I'm so excited to see these, these, these uh, storylines come into play and to see Mark Hamill return as a trickster. And I wonder if he and John Wesley's uh, ships are going to interact. I think that would be really, really, really fun.
1: I will say this to any, like, uh, any hardcore DC comics fans out there if anyone can name the major Easter egg they drop in the trailer when. Trickster does something to Barry, I'll re- I'll reward you 500 flash points because there's a, there's something in the trailer that a lot of DC animated fans are gonna recognize that I think is pretty awesome, and okay, come on, I'm just so stoked about Mark Hamill being on the show. I I never thought it was gonna happen this soon in the series. I knew that it was gonna happen at some point, but. I'm just so excited about this, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they're going to... The thing that I'm still fascinated by, and you will see this in the trailer, is that you see, you know, the new trickster, Axel Walker. And they went full-on costume with him. Like, they literally took him out of the pages of the comic book, and it makes sense because th- that character is psycho. So that outfit is gonna make so much sense. So I'm, and I think the tricks are so funny to follow. So I'm looking forward to see what they're gonna do in next week's episode.
0: For anyone who hasn't seen the promo, or you did see it and you weren't really sure what what the what Mark Hamill's Trickster character was talking about, he looks at Barry and he says, "Have you ever seen the movie Speed?" And in that movie, it was made in the '90s, starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Um, Dennis Hopper puts a bomb on a bus and the bus cannot go below what is it 60 miles an hour 55 miles Mm -hmm. an hour and if the bus does drop below that speed it will explode so keanu reeves job as a police officer is to make sure that sandra bullock drives that bus at that speed and so they have to get really creative with what if there's a detour on the freeway what if we have to cut through town let's go to the airport and drive around in circles and this whole time Keanu Reeves and the police force are trying to figure out a way to, to fool Dennis Hopper into thinking the bus is still going that fast. And so I think that's a really interesting idea to give, Barry Allen and I don't know if that's something from the comics or if that's something that they wrote just for this show but Barry is going to have to keep running and running and running and running and it it makes you wonder like he's like what about his metabolism he's going to be burning all that energy is he going to get tired um I'm really excited to see how they're going to solve that problem and how they're going to trick the trickster
1: I think this this episode will be the ep- episode w- when we will see Barry run the most before the season finale. I think that you will be seeing him do a lot of running like all over the place because he can literally not stop like for a millisecond. Otherwise, boom, he's dead. I'm also going to recommend to anyone who wants to go back and watch Mark Hamill's Trickster episodes from the Riddle series, go watch episode 12, The Trickster... As well as episode 22, The Trial of the Trickster. It's a little bit goofy, yes, but it is timeless and it's hilarious. Just so you, if anyone wants to go, you can buy it on iTunes.
2: That's a very interesting distinction that you brought up, Andy. This is the episode where he's gonna be running the most, but maybe not necessarily the fastest. Ooh, so,
1: will you turn it around a little bit?
2: Yeah, so initially I was like, oh, time travel, running the fastest. He doesn't <laughs> have to run the fastest. He just has to run the most. So that bus had to go 60, but it's not like it had to go 90. It just had to go a consistent, realistic one. But eventually, everything runs out of steam, everything runs out of gas, everything runs out of fuel. Barry's going to run out of fuel to the point where his cells are actually going to start degrading and breaking apart. So this is going to be fascinating. I think Caitlin, I think this is going to be Caitlin's challenge as much as Cisco's. I like that. Do you think
0: Harrison Wells would put on the Reverse Flash costume, and try to help Barry, but just blurring his face, and so that no one knows that it's Harrison, because that's the only person that can actually run that fast. Oh my God,
1: is... and blame it on
2: a speed barrage.
1: I could see. Bye. I could. I could see, I could see that happen so much. Like that sounds like something they would actually do, and I think that would be actually a cool twist. So
2: yeah, I like that too.
1: Lauren is on she's on fire tonight like if, I can see if all f- three of her theories comes true by the end of the season I I, I, I will then I'll then claim that I think Lauren is then secretly working for the flash writer and she's dropping pins <laughs> here, here and there and so on because
0: actually it would be a dream of mine to write for the flash so I that would be awesome if I predicted something correctly can't wait to see trickster next week hello luke skywalker is going to be on the flash and uh i can't wait to see adam and felicity on the following week
1: i thought you said adam for a second like it as ad it sounds exactly the same i can't tell them apart At- but um but but you girls will be back for actually for that episode episode 18 Um, all star team up all star team up and next week, Adam will be back. Uh, Adam Holmes. We're, <laughs> we're so jazzed right now. So Adam will and be back. Scott
0: and will Scott. be back too, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: It, yeah. The the three musketeers that are in no way fit to be musketeers. We will be um, covering episode seventeen, the tricksters. Oh, the tricksters, just tricksters. And uh, yeah, girls, I always love having on the show. We we talk about. All sorts of things that ends up getting cut because it's so inappropriate or it's so hilarious <laughs> or someone is saying something outrageous, aiming, and it becomes the best blooper reel ever by the end of the season. So, redacted. Redact- I think I just thought about S.H.I.E.L.D. now when you said redacted. So... <laughs> You, uh, but I look forward to having you back in a couple of weeks, um, but we hope, hopefully we'll hear from you what you think about this episode, because look, if if there's something title-related and I don't ha- hear from Amy, I'm just going to presume she's dead then, if she doesn't like, say a word <laughs> about the title thing. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Amy and Lauren, they rock. I not so much. So, thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode of the Flash Podcast and may the Speed Force be with you.